hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me is baseball finally matters. It's the All-Star Game, and <laughs> if you got the All-Star Game, that means that nothing else is happening in the world of sports except, of course, free agency and in basketball. The numbers are getting ridiculous. But uh, what matters now uh, to America is our pastime, baseball. You got to turn to look to that. Start seeing uh, what it looks, what it's looking like for the World Series. Uh, see, the Indians are still in play. That's the only thing I'm happy about. Maybe they'll get a chance to to get it done this year. Uh, we will see. But what matters to me, baseball. But we're going to talk a little bit about a few other things before we start talking some baseball. I got my got my man on the show with me today, Hurley Brown. Hurley, you there? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I want to kind of get things started so even though I said baseball matters to me Hurley it really is all about football because it's, it's that time of the year the big boys mm-hmm. about to go into training camp in a couple of weeks uh, that means yep. you know a couple of guys on vacation a couple of guys getting in a little bit of trouble um, that's not a good thing especially this time of the year because trouble if you got a couple of days you got to spend uh, you you could miss the start of training camp so that's never that's never a good thing but uh, you know, every now and then there's some bad boys out there that may get in a little bit of trouble. And uh, I don't mean to shed a negative light on, on that prestigious university that you attended. Uh, that would be the U. And by the way, Hurley, I, I remember a time when we were Ohio State University and the U was University of Miami. It was before... Oh, yeah. It was before... It was, it was before the U and before the Ohio State University. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, we we had our time. Right? We had we had some great times, man. We did some wonderful things down at the University of Miami, and um, y'all stole one from us, but that's okay. Well, you know, we'll get it back. The, the fact of the matter is, uh, it really made. Me, I've been thinking about you guys lately because uh, there's a, a young man who attended uh, the U, uh, whose brother happens to be the only man that ever won two Heisman trophies. And there's a chance that that might happen again. Of course, it won't be from anybody from the Ohio State University or from the U this year if it happens again. But there's a chance that it could happen again, that uh, a young man might win a Heisman trophy two years in a row. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, I, but speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about the U because I'm really interested in, in the program and what's going on with the program, man. It seems as if... In terms of the national contentions, uh, you guys have, it's been a while since we've thought about it and thought about the U. Well, you know, it, it, it's a process, right? I mean, you know as well as anybody, you know, nothing great lasts forever, especially with all the, with the recruiting stuff that's going on now. All these other schools are coming down and recruiting the state of Florida, you know, the, um, the NCAA sanctions and all the stuff that we went through down at the University of Miami—it wasn't the first time that it happened. You're exactly, exactly that right. Before. Well, uh, that—that's what my concerns are. Can can you rebound from those type of activities happening with the university? Does it shed such a light that the university can never rebound from that? Well, I don't know if we could rebound. I don't think it'll ever be what we had, I, and I, I really don't believe you know that that can never be duplicated again. You know, at that particular time, 
with what was with what was going on at the University of Miami and even the city itself. You know, the thirty for thirty shed some light on what was going on in the city of Miami and how important the unit the the success of the University of Miami, how important of a role it played with, well, with getting the city back together and bringing the city back together and stuff like that. But right nowadays, you don't have that. You, you don't have, for the city of Miami, you don't have the true Miamian who loves everything about the city. You have a bunch of transients, a bunch of people that have, you know, it's a melting pot. It's a true melting pot. You got people from all over the world that have, you know, taken residence in Miami. And now, you know, Miami is an afterthought. The University of Miami is an afterthought. Nobody cares. Well, I, I think that's the most important thing that you said there is that uh, somebody has to care about the program. Somebody has to care about the university. The, the prestige that the university itself had, had accomplished over those years, uh, hopefully it should have been um, sustainable. And that, w- that would come yeah. in people taking pride in the university regardless of what adversity is faced with. You you know you continue to to hang in there and uh, you know I ju- I recall a few years at at the Ohio State University where our program had took a hit and uh, was not in the national conversation of the national championships. Um, missed a few Rose Bowls, uh, but got back on track. So uh, I would say that um, you know if you you know you've done it once before, you can do it again. You've proven it's not impossible. And I, 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 I think, I think, I think for for football, I think it's important that the U is back on that stage again, because it does have such a reputation of, of producing, you know, great football players. And uh, the university itself is, uh, as you mentioned, the city. It's a great city. Um, I think perhaps what what also happened is, you know, the Miami Heat basketball team started. Um, taking a little bit of the glitter away from the bright lights that were shining on on you, because the you was the you guys were, as they said in, in the show, you guys were getting them in the clubs, <laughs> you know, as oh, opposed yeah. to them taking you in the clubs. You know, you guys, right? You you actually were the stars. The university were the stars of the city, and not necessarily uh, the professional basketball team. And right. and and now, of course, you've got a baseball team as well. Yeah, but 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 here's the issue with and with the University of Miami, actually with the Heat, the Dolphins, the Marlins, or even the Florida Panthers. Miami is one of the top vacation destinations in the world. Miami is a great city. There's people from all over the world that either visit or come to live in the city of Miami. Now, sports. They could care less. And we saw that when, when the Heat, when LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and all those guys won the um, the World Championship. Man, you can, you can go go to Burger King almost and get a ticket to see a Heat game. Up until right there at the very end. Because no one, there's too much other stuff to do in Miami to be entertained than to sit and have to deal with the traffic, have to deal with having to purchase tickets. The tickets are extremely expensive. It's tough to go you know, to take a family of four or five to a football game, even a hurricane game. You gotta deal with the parking, you gotta deal with the purchasing of the tickets, then you gotta deal with all the, the, the fans and stuff like that. People would rather go to South Beach. Now, I tell you this way, you go to a high school football game in Data Broward County, you'll see something totally different. 
they support, but it's, it's an inexpensive event. You can take your whole family to a high school football game. The people love football, but it's just too expensive for the, for, for the people like you and myself that actually want to go to a game to take the entire family. Well, I, and the I, other people that are there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you, and, but I'm also going to disagree with you because I, I think sports is one of those things, whereas, um, you know, it, it can survive the, the increase in value of tickets because the product, when the product is good, people will pay. That's, that's been proven. I mean, L.A. now has what they were fighting to have three teams. They've got two teams for sure that's going to play there this year. Uh, they're going to build a new stadium. Um, you know, Showtime was able to sustain, sustain itself. You know, that was a, quite a few years ago, but uh, the Lakers are still, um, it's a good ticket that you can get in L.A. You probably can get a little easier now than you could a few years ago, but when Kobe was there, it was still a good ticket. And it was pretty pricey. Yeah, but you're talking about, you're talking about decades of dominance. You're talking about, I mean... Well, I, I think for a time there, I think for a time there, the used program, you you had a, you had a couple good decades there. I, I I'd give you, you know, uh, certainly the eighties, late eighties through nineties. I would give you that. But you yeah, know the program it's, better it's, than I do. I, you know, I, my my question is just that I want to know if you can return to the stage that you had before. Can you can they repeat that again? Can they build the program backwards such? That it, there's a demand for the tickets, that there's a demand, right. that there's a desire of young men from all over the country to want to come and play for the U. Okay, so right now the University of Miami has the number one recruit class in the country for the class of 2018. Okay, so there's a lot of lot of buzz going on. Um, Mark Rick is doing an outstanding job. Him and his staff are doing an outstanding job recruiting. Okay, but this is what happens. All right. <sighs> All of these commitments don't mean anything until you actually sign. You sign on a dotted line. National letter of intent signing day will be the first Wednesday in February. We got a whole lot of time between now and that signing day. We got 12 games that we have to play. And what happens in those 12 games, a lot of buzz starts happening. And if you're not having the success that those kids want you to have, they'll jump ship. Well, that's exactly what, that, that, that's the point I'm making. If, if the product on the right. field is a good product, then you can return to prominence. If it's not, then you're going to have some problems. And do you see the program having the talent that it needs to create that demand again? The program has a lot of talent at this point, right now. They, we just lost a bunch of kids, though, Ray. We lost our quarterback. I mean, we're getting ready, to, uh, and I don't know if, you know, if, if the kid's going to you know, take that spot. But we don't have, right now today, we don't have a quarterback. Yeah, that, that, so we're getting ready to play that's a problem. the third game of the season. That's a problem. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a huge problem. So this, this is what I'm afraid of, and this is what you know, me and my, you know, my former teammates and all that. Else. So these are the things that we talk about. These are the things that we discuss. How can we get it back? One of the issues is this. We got Alabama, um, Michigan, Ohio State, LSU, Florida State, Florida. Um, you got all these schools, Georgia. Tennessee, all of these schools, Auburn, all of these schools have infiltrated South Florida and have taken our kids. Well, I, I think I think all those states, I think all those states that you just mentioned too, they they could also 
state the fact that they've got universities in, in their states that players from all over the country come to their go other places as well. I certainly can say that about Ohio. We certainly lose our ball players from Ohio, and they go all over the place. Yeah, but, but, but again, we're talking about, and again, I'm from Florida now, so I'm going to take... You're going to be biased. You know, this, this, this is, of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be biased, but there's a lot of documented facts that say that the state of Florida is one of the, the, the football meccas for recruiting in the entire country. One of the greatest recruiting areas in the, in the country for everybody. I would Look, say I say Florida, Jackson, Florida, Ohio, and Texas. I I would agree with that. I don't know about Ohio. Ah, Ray, I, I, mean, I know you were a hell of a football player. You came out. You come out of Ohio. No, we got but, we, we got ball players person, that come out of Ohio. Who? <laughs> give me one. I give you five. You, I give you one. You give me five. You, you give me one for every one that you got. Great prayers. I'm not talking about well, just guys go, that just went. No, just go down. You know, you just you can just go down the line. We, you know, we just won a national championship a couple years ago, so you can just go down the roster. Okay. I wish that. Let me pull up that roster. How many kids are from the state of Florida? i tell you what. Go down the roster and see how many kids are not from the state of Ohio. Go down the roster and see how many are not from Ohio? Yeah. That, that are not from Ohio. That play on our team? Yeah, but I tell you what you can do, Ray. You can go to every prominent college football program in the country, and you'll find somebody from the state of Florida. And not only will you find somebody from the state of Florida, that person normally is one of the best players on the team. Well, I, I, I would say that's I, I would say that that's true about most states. When you go to those prominent those universities that are very successful, they're not going to go out of state to get a ball player if he's not a good ball player. If it's going to be a guy who's exactly. just going to be sitting at the end of the bench, you might as well get, keep that scholarship in state. But we got a whole Amari Cooper. Let's go. Let's 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 let's, let's look at the NFL, man. The, the kids that are from the state of Florida that are dominating. Well, I the just NFL. I I just don't have uh, my research in front of me, but I but I'm from a high school called Canton McKinley High School, and I know that well, we, we, I, I know school. I know we produce, and you know because we produce NFL players to the tune of probably I know we're in the top five in, in the. In the country of all times, I just in the top I, five. In the top five, man, we got we got hey, we got to do some research on that. We oh, got to figure that one out. I want to see that. I, I, I can send you that document probably before the day is over with. Okay, well, yeah, please do because I need to see that because I need to use that on my show because I don't think that that high school is in the top five. Maybe top ten, but not top five. Okay. I give, that, again, you, I, 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 I give you, I give, I give you, I give you top ten. Okay, well, let's, oh, you, you, you I, I brought up my high school. Is your high school producing the same type of players? No, nah, not my, not my high, not okay. at this point. But at one point, as a matter of fact, the um, the thirty for thirty that's on right now, Catholics versus convicts, on that field in that game, which was played thirty what twenty nine years ago, there were four players. On that field in that game, which was one of the most, you know, one of the greatest games in college in the history of college football, were from my high school. Oh, that's good. That means you guys producing some ball players. Now, why is oh, the yeah. is, nah, so, is the U going after those same ball players? The U's going after every great player that they can possibly get their hands on, and, and they are. The thing, the thing that hurts the University of Miami is they don't have the support of um, a, a lot of. At that point, and it's starting to change. We didn't have the support of the high, a lot of the high school coaches. And re recruiting right now is, is, is absolutely crazy. Deion Sanders 
had a thing that he, he wrote the other day, a little insert that he had wrote and put on his um, Twitter. And it talked about... Prime know, is from Florida State. Involved. Dion is from Florida State. Dion is from South Florida. He's from Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. But what he was talking about was all of these street agents and all these people get involved with these kids and they help, the, they, I don't help, but they influence these kids on where they're, you know, what, what, what's their choice of school. That's been happening for decades. Yeah, that's been, and that, but that's where Miami falls short. Why, why, what, because, why, is, why are they falling short? Because and that's a self-serving well, agenda. Reasons, those, those people that are they're steering those kids to these various programs, that's a self-serving agenda for those people. Not necessarily exactly. anything that's for any university. It's the university that's, exactly. that's helping them out. Exactly. So what, what ended up happening? Let's just, I'm going to give you the story real quick about Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, um, Luther Campbell, two live crew, yes. Uncle Luke. Yes. Right? Uncle Luke is a personal friend of mine. I've been knowing Luke since we were in college, you know, back in the days, and they said that he was paying us and all that old crazy stuff. He's actually on the 30 for 30. But um, Luke is, is very, very influential in, in the communities down there when it comes to football. He's actually a high school football coach. All right. His wife has now, she's now an agent. Okay. And she represents Duke Johnson and a few other guys. But at that particular time, when Amari Cooper was a junior in high school, Amari grew up a Miami Hurricane fan. And this is probably pretty much about ages 90% of the kids that live in South Florida. He grew up loving the University of Miami. Luke called me. I'm going to call him Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke called me in the spring of Amari's junior year, going into his senior year, before they even started practicing football again. Saying, Hurley, I got a kid who loves the University of Miami. He has not come to school yet without something on that, you know, that's the University of Miami. Whether it's a pair of socks, University of Miami socks, a hurricane shoes, whatever it is, hurricane backpack. He comes to school every day showing how much he loves the University of Miami. He wants to come to UM. Okay, cool. Well, look, what do we have to do to get him? All right, first of all, the kid didn't have a lot of film his junior year. Yeah, he played behind a couple of other receivers that were pretty doggone good. So he didn't have a lot of film. We ended up convincing the kid to come to camp. Come to camp and earn the scholarship. Take the scholarship if this is what you want to do. Ray, this sucker came to camp and lit camp up. When I tell you he was the best thing on the field, he was the best thing on the field. We got him up in Coach Golden's office. He got up there, and Coach Golden, and um, at the time, our wide receivers coach, wide receivers coach was um, George McDonald. So George and, and Coach um, Golden were sitting there. They were talking to him. You know, his high school coach was there with him, and the kid says that he could see himself playing at the University of Miami. Coach was like, are you sure? This is what you want to do. They called the mom, all right? Called the mom. She was all excited about it. Like, hey, you know, it, it wasn't a... Uh, a, a true commitment, a solid commitment, but the kid said he wanted to play at the University of Miami. So, the very next day, street agents get involved, and he comes out on a, in an interview and says that it's a, it's a soft verbal commitment. All right? There's nothing concrete about it. You know, I'm going to weigh my options. I'm, I'm not shutting my recruiting down. He goes to Alabama two weeks later, and we ain't seen him since. He takes an unofficial visit to the University of Alabama with 
some street agents, and I'm not going to call out any names, but we have not seen that kid. As a matter of fact, we had to fight with Amar to get him to take an official visit. He didn't want to take the official visit. He went up to Alabama. He got with Nick Saban. He was influenced by the guys that took him up there, and for whatever reason, he fell in love with it. It was done. We had we we couldn't get him. Well, can, can but that's you, what can, happens. I I happen to know yeah. a little bit about Nick. Can you not give him uh, a little bit of credit that he has a little way of uh, to uh, and persuading young men to convince oh, okay. them that his program is the program that's for them, particularly if he wants them. Oh, without a doubt, I think Nick is one of the best recruiters in the business. It's not the best. I think him, Urban Meyer, and I think Mark Rick is, is, is a, it does a great job. Okay. You know, um, I think Ed Ogeron is doing a great job at LSU. I think he's going to do a better job, you know, the more he gets more familiar with what he needs to do. Um, there's, there's some guys out there, and Nick, and I'll tell you what, I did a, um, when I was coaching at the University of Louisiana Lafayette, Nick Saban had just gotten a job at the University of Alabama, and he chose to come and speak at our coaches' clinic because I mean, of his ties with, with the state of Louisiana. So he comes. And he's speaking. And Ray, I close my eyes, listen to him speak, and I see Jimmy Johnson. It was almost verbatim. Twenty-some-odd years later, I'm sitting there listening to Jimmy Johnson all over again. And that's what the guys have been able to accomplish. Had Jimmy stayed at the University of Miami, had he not gone to the Dallas Cowboys, he would have done the exact same thing that Nick Saban has done at the University of Alabama. Nick's won, what, five national championships in a matter of, what, eight years? That's unbelievable. But again, you got to give him all the credit because Nick knew and understood. And what the one thing that he said to us then, Ray, was I have to change the mindset of the people at the University of Alabama. Nick went in with a vision. Nick went in and knew exactly what he needed to do to turn that program around. Because they had just fired on Mike Shula at the University of Alabama. They hadn't, I mean, you, know, you get fired from the University of Alabama, and that's, you know, that's one of the premier programs in the country. But this guy goes in, in two years, in two years, he's playing in a major bowl game down in the, uh, and he's actually playing in the Sugar Bowl, because I went to watch him practice. And in his third year, I believe, he won the national championship. Mm-hmm. And again, like you said, I mean, you gotta give credit where credit is due, but, you know, the thing that you know that bothers me is you know yeah and I understand that Nick's a great recruiter the whole nine yards but you telling me that you got a kid, eighteen year old kid, whose dream from he was from when he was four or five years old was to play at the University of Miami and in that stadium and he ends up at the University of Alabama. He ends up at the University of Alabama, plays and, three years, and now he's one of the premier receivers in the national football. And he goes on a weekend trip, and his mind has changed after his entire his life. His mind has changed. Okay, and yeah. so, and so how, how seriously committed could he have been to get his mind changed over a weekend? Again, when you have adults that have that influence on you, and this, we call those those street agents, when you have those guys and those guys get involved, now you got to understand, that drive from... Miami, Florida, to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, is about a 14, 15-hour drive. Well, we're talking about, we, talk about 14, 15 years. Oh, yeah, exactly. So a 14, a 14 to 15-hour drive you with went, you, adults who understand what's going on, who know what's going on, 
And the reason that he went to Alabama was because they wanted to take him because they knew that Nick needed to see him. So, I mean, and again, 14 hours up there, 14 hours back, that's 28 hours that you get to spend with this kid. Understand, when we're recruiting, we can't spend 28 hours with a kid. Yeah, but at the same time, um, this kid has been, as you said, he, he's been he's been wearing paraphernalia at the university for the youth for 14, 15 years of his life. Exactly. And you're saying a car ride up and a car ride back and a weekend there on campus changed his mind. Mm-hmm. Changed his mind. But again, we were talking about kids who are very easily influenced by guys that they feel that they confide in and that they can trust. But that's what happens. And again, but I, those I, same I, street I agents, wouldn't you say those same street agents that were involved in his life were involved in his life prior to him taking that trip? They didn't just show up that day. No. So no, you're saying they, they had they had never seen him before, never spoken to him before. I find that kind of hard to believe that they'd never seen him before, had no influence. On, how are they going to gain so much influence for the first time that they meet him? Well, I'm not going to say that they've never seen him before. But the reason that they're that that they have contact with him now oh, is because of the type of player that he is right. and his recruiting. Right. But I'm saying now you got one of the top recruited players in the country. So now everybody comes out and everybody starts getting involved. Yeah, but go ahead. Typically, those players they are identified, you know, early in their life. So those people who are influencing them, they can't just show up on one day out of the blue and have all this power of influence over them. It takes them some time even for them to gain some trust in the kid. So they've been around for a period of time. They, they don't just show up one day and all of a sudden the kid forgets everything that everybody else has told him and all his dreams, and then they want to go someplace else. These people have been in his ear for some time, I would imagine. That's been my experience, what I, the way I've seen it. it they, they, they don't just show right. up one day. If they show up one day, they show up with a big bag of cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think none of that stuff happens. But again, but that no, I wouldn't say that. With, I wouldn't say that with Nick. Recruiting. I wouldn't say that happens no. with Nick. I would, no. I would not. I would never no. say that. You know, no, I, I, I do believe. I've, I've been in a. I was recruiting a kid, Chauncey Gardner, who's at the University of Florida right now. Chauncey was the MVP of the bowl game. He, um, he had a couple of interceptions, ran one back for a touchdown. He was, you know, he's a true freshman last year. Started for Florida towards the end of the season. He's going to be a an amazing player for the University of Florida, right here in my hometown. Chauncey had committed to me while I was at the University of Miami. All right? So Chauncey and I, we have a relationship. I call him nephew. He calls me uncle. And we still communicate to this day. But there was at one, at one point in the recruiting process with Chauncey, I'm talking to his coach, and his coach was like, Hurley, he just got off of Skype with Nick Saban. I said, really, how did it go? Early, he had me wanting to sign with the University of Alabama, and I can't even play football. I said, "Really?" He said, "Oh yeah." He said, "I sat and listened to an entire conversation, and the only reason Chauncey Gardner did not go to the University of Alabama is because he said he had already committed and decommitted, and he didn't want to continue to do that." Well, so he stuck with the University of Florida. I I, I would say that um, there there are a number of young men that are like that that are you know mature enough to standby commitment that they make, although they find themselves in a position where there's other times where people aren't holding up to the same type of credibility that, that these young men are demonstrating at such a young age. So some of them will make some of them will make a commitment and they'll stick to it. Others will make a commitment one week and 
commit to somebody else the next week. So I, oh, you know, yeah, and it happens all the time. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. that's understandable. But certainly, I think that most coaches, when they recruit you, they can make you feel like you you know, you you guys give to the sport. Those that are very good oh, at it. Doubt. And so it, it does take a strong individual, somebody who's who's able to recognize the true talent that they have, what they can do for the university, what the university has to offer for them, and and to have some people around them are, that are of integrity and that are looking out for the best of the individual to help them make a decision. Um, you know, everybody who's out there recruiting for a university is recruiting for that university, and they don't care anything about any other universities. Right. So, um, uh, hey, Hurley, we're, we're going to do one, take a break, and, uh, okay. and then we'll come back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the daily racing form or click on playing to win at you bet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Ooh, what matters today, as I told you earlier, baseball. Believe it or not, we try to add a little fuel to that fire. Baseball It's the only thing that's happening right now this time of year, except, of course, the NBA and free agency. And the big boys in the NFL are about ready to go to training camp. A couple guys have been getting in a little bit of trouble. Got my man uh, Hurley Brown and I are talking about some programs, and particularly the U. Uh, Hurley will be starting his show with us uh, pretty soon here. And I uh, just wanted to get a little introduction to some of his background and his experience, and particularly that university that's called the U. As I said, I remember time before the U was the U and the Ohio State was the Ohio State. Although uh, in, the, in the actual name of our school, uh, Hurley, just so you guys will know this, Every building you, you go to where it has the Ohio State University on the building 
it has the Ohio State University on the building. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always been there. Oh, man. Always been wow. there. But I will say wow. this. I will say this about programs. A lot of times, and this is what I'm asking you about the U, uh, the U had a chip on his shoulder, and it was. I think a lot of it was the the bravado of the young players that that brought this whole attitude about the U, as it was with the Ohio State University. It was it was something that um, these uh, creative and innovative young men, you know, brought to the universities. Uh, uh, the Ohio State University was always uh, named the Ohio State University, but we didn't identify ourselves as that. We we of course was Ohio State University, and uh, uh, a generation of young men changed that. I think that's what happened at the U. Uh, there was a generation of uh, very confident football players uh, who had a national stage and created a new identity for themselves and for the university. And they became the U. And uh, there was nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I think that 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 bravado that they had was very valuable to the university, to the identity of the team. Uh, when you guys walked into a place to play a game, um, they knew you were coming. <laughs> they were aware of who you were. And, and I don't think at any time that you disappointed the way you guys played on the football field. And I think, you know, we need that back in college football, particularly down in that part of the country. Um, it's always, you know how it is, early. People enjoy playing in certain venues. You know, you want to go to Miami. You want to go to California. You want to go to Ohio. You want to go to Texas, you know, to play football. You want to go to, you want to, go to Louisiana. You want to go to Alabama, you know. Uh, those, those are places that um, have historical value to college football. And certainly you want to have a, a chip on, on your resume to say that you've played there, you've won, you've beat one of those teams in your life, you know, and, and you guys are, are one of those teams. And so that's why we want you to get back to that point of national prominence where um, the U is in the conversation of a national championship contender. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, Ray. We, um, college football is not the same without the University of Miami being at the top of the ranks. It's not. No, we were actually we were undefeated. I think it was about three three years ago, four years ago maybe. Undefeated going up to Florida State to play. Florida State was undefeated. We were undefeated. And back in the day, that game had national championship ramifications behind it. Whoever won that game was probably going to win the national championship. And it's just you know we we won that game a whole lot of times back in the day. Wide left, wide right. You know they just couldn't get it done. But we went up there to Florida State, Joe Campbell Stadium, undefeated. They were undefeated, and college football was at its best. That game, primetime game, Florida State, the University of Miami, the Hurricanes, both undefeated and playing for a national championship, the possibility of playing for a national championship. And it just hasn't been the same since. When the University of Miami is, is being talked about, you know, the chance of going now the playoffs and, you know, even with this recruiting stuff. It, it, Miami was one of those teams that you either loved them or you hated them, but expected them. And you watched them because either you wanted them to win or you wanted somebody to beat them. And everybody loved it. Well, um, yeah, you're right. There, there's nothing wrong with, with the program being the villain. You know, there's always the majority of people out there when a game is played, you know who people want to win and who they want to lose. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think right. sometimes that's a badge of honor to carry. 
Um, certainly understand how we that. Loved it, Ray. We loved it. We, we loved going in the stadiums and and shutting it down. You know, I, we went to Michigan. Everybody, it was a lot of for a lot of us. It was the first time ever going to the University of Michigan. For most of us, it was. Everybody talked about one hundred and five thousand people in the stands. Crazy, one hundred and five thousand people, one hundred and five thousand Michigan fans rooting against you. Man, we embraced it. Oh, I've been there, done we that. We ready to go up here, and 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 uh, this is gonna we're gonna shut this stadium down. And that was back in the day when we were talking about this our house. No matter where we went, it was our house. So we go to Michigan, and we ended up, you know, having one of the greatest comebacks in college football history. And yours truly had something to do with that because I helped get the onside kick at the end. We won the game thirty-one thirty. But, dude, at some point in the game, halfway through the game, or in the fourth quarter, you could hear a pin drop. But that's that's what we love. We love doing that. We love going into somebody else's backyard, kicking over the garbage cans, and then daring them to do anything about it. Right. That sounds like yeah. uh, something one of the coaches said to y'all, an attitude that you have to have. Yeah, I remember yeah. I remember an old coach telling us, too, we have to make the fans sit on their hands. The hell, the hell with all that clapping, make them sit on their hands. So, exactly. So we learned how to do that. But, uh, well, Hurley, I appreciate it, man. But I, I have another uh, call on the line with us. And, and we we gonna change the subject a little bit, and talk okay. a, talk a little bit of NBA basketball. But certainly, uh, before we go uh, again, uh, remind me the name of your show uh, and when when you're gonna be on, so the listeners the out there will down, know. The get down with Hurley Brown. And that's going to your your uh, premiere date is scheduled for next Tuesday. You will you July will, you will start broadcasting live on July 18th. Three and, o'clock. And three o'clock, which will be immediately following this show. Yes. Okay. Uh, so look forward to that. Well, no, we, we actually, uh, is that uh, three o'clock Pacific? So there's going to be. Three well, o'clock Eastern time. It's 12 o'clock your time. So I'm on right before you. You're before me. You're actually going on before yeah. me. Okay. So you're three o'clock, three o'clock Eastern, 12 Pacific. Okay. To get down with Hurley Brown. Yes, sir. You have to tune in for that. We're looking for. Looking forward to it, Rick. Going to have to certainly tune in for that. Uh, well, listen, man, you can hang on or you can hang up, you know, whichever you like to do. But I got another. Well, I'm gonna hang g- on, man. I, I love talking with you. And, yeah, you know, I got, a, I got a, you. another young man on here with me, uh, Jay Keys. Jay, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. And I want to know, um, Jay, I just gonna, I'm just going to start this off because I've been thinking about talking to you. And, and, and I had this question I wanted to ask you, man. Can you please tell me if, 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 if Nikes had some new Nikes? You know how they used to release them back in the day. What size shoe you wear, right. Jay? What size shoe you wear, Jay? I wear 11. Okay, you wear 11. Me, okay, let's say we both wear 11. I, I happen to wear 13, but let's just say we both wear 11. And, I walk, and we walk into the store, and they only got one pair of 11s. What in the world can I tell you if we both got the same, we got the, we got the money, we going in together, you're going to get yours, I'm going to get mine. What will I have to tell you? You got there a little bit before me. You're talking to the guy. He's trying to sell you. I walk in. You know, I need 11s too. What am I going to have to convince or say to you to make you say, hey, man, don't get the new Nikes, man. You should go on and get those new Reeboks, you know, because they only got one pair of 11s and I want to get them. And you want to get We both got the same money. What am I going to say that's going to convince you to get the new Reeboks instead of the new Nikes? Because, be, 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 because, because, <laughs> because, that's what I'm trying to find out. That's what I'm trying to find out. What in the hell did Kevin Durant, 
say to my man to get him to go ahead and, you know, take the OKC deal, but it wasn't good enough for Kevin Durant to take it. Right. You know, how are you going to sell right. Paul George on that? You're going to sell Paul George on something you wouldn't buy yourself. Right. You know, and you both looking for the same thing. The Nikes is like the championship. You know, you got to have them. You know, right. and and then and then also, you know, how you gonna sell Paul George on that? And the bottom line is, listen, man, you still to get a ring, you have to come through us. You know, yeah. so I I don't get that one. You know, as I, I saw it on one of the big boy shows that you know Paul George said Durant, you know Kevin called him, man, and you know he sold AKC to him. Yeah. So, you know yeah. how could how could he sell that to you? And it wasn't good enough for him. You know, it's like back in the I day. Don't know, man. Yeah, back that's in the. A, that's a, that, yeah, that's a real good question. You know, um, obviously we don't know the specifics of the details and whatnot, man. I mean, you know, he could have been asking him, you know, how is, you know, the city and, you know, how did they treat you, you know, when you were there and, you know, and how are things, you know, with, uh, you know, maybe even the management and things of that nature, you know. But, but it's, um, All of the other parameters outside of, you know, uh, dealing with, you know, the teammates, uh, you know, from a basketball perspective. Yeah. And we talked, so, to, and we talked mean, a little bit about that, that, too. We talked a little bit about that, too. It's like, you know, there's one thing about it. You know, there, there's only been one, one coach who's been able to get all these guys to play together. You know, the greatest basketball players – in the world and, and play together and be productive and win. And that's the uh, Coach K of the, uh, you know, who coaches the Olympic team all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Not a dude. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I'm wondering, you know, Kevin's played with just about everybody, the great ones. Right. And so right. he knows, you know, and Paul has played with them too. Because Paul, that's how Paul, right. that's how Paul got hurt. Yeah, and, that's how he broke his leg. That's exactly right. So, mm-hmm. uh, Paul knows the the temperament of the players. He knows who wants to win. He knows the style they play. I'm, right. I'm just curious how could Kevin sell him on that one to leave where he's at, you know? And I believe the way right. the, I believe I believe the way the contracts work. Still, the team that can give you the most money, at least, is the team that you play for. Even when you're in free agency, you know, the team mm-hmm. that can give you the most money is the team that you with, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, right. that, that's, I mean, KD got to be a hell of a salesperson, man, to do, to pull that one off, you know, because, because <laughs> I, you know, it's like back in the day, the fellas, you know, we had a little bit of money back in the day. If we going to go, you know, you're going to get the BMW, you're going to get the Benz, you know, uh, one dude go in and get the Benz, but tell you, you get the BMW, you know, man, why are you telling me to get the BMW and you got the Benz, you know, you know, I know you got the same money I got, you could get the same, you could get either one you want. Right, right. You know? And well, so, well, maybe they know. Maybe they know something that we don't know, man. You know, I mean, Kevin does only have, um, you know, one more year to fulfill uh, with Golden State. So, you think KD gonna go back? It's a possibility. But, I mean, I don't rule out anything with these guys, um, you know, anymore. Uh, I think because you know, with them setting themselves up so strategically, and and you know, and being able to look in the past, you know, to kind of dictate their futures. And, you know, and get with teams to still get a ring while they're in the prime of their careers as opposed to trying to taste a ring at the end of their careers like a Barkley who wasn't successful, you know. Um, these guys are doing it in their prime. And then, you know, maybe they are willing to look at another situation to even solidify their legacies that much more by, you know, going to another team to be like a focal point 
you know, of, of an organization who is not a proven champion quite yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, 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 it's all types of introspective, um, you know, scenarios um, that I wouldn't be surprised that these guys are possibly looking at. And, you know, and having a Paul George, you know, uh, come on out to OKC, you know, it may have been a conversation like, hey, I'm going to fulfill this year, uh, get another championship, and then, uh, you know, maybe the three of us can join back up together and see what we can do. I mean, we just never know. Hey, Hurley, are you still there? Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, this, this, this sounds like, you know, some ball players from the U, you know, they, uh, you know, same thing that happened down there in Miami. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that sounds more like the guys from Ohio State. Well, listen, man, you know, <laughs> one thing about when you come out of high school, you are you are a free agent in high school. You know, so you can you can choose to go wherever you want to go. You know, that's one thing about well, You know what? You, you said something a second ago, and it, it kind of, it just kind of stood out to me. So my question is this. How much... How much of, of, of the difference in the money that these guys are making now has to play with them? As, as well, Hurley, I think we lost you for that, a second. But go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yes. So, no, what I'm what I'm asking is how much of a difference in the the type of money that these guys are making their decision. Well, so what we said you said earlier that the guys, you know, back in the day. You know, the guys, you know, we they went to where the money was at. Who could ever spend the most money, that's where they went. And this is true. Now, the guys are making so much money to where you know, it's not about the money anymore. See, that's right. I, I, look, look at what Steph Curry just did. Yeah, but, and, and but you know what? Hard. In a way, I disagree with part of that about it's not about the money. It, sh- it should always be about the money. I, I think that's one of the things that the players who, who are former players like yourself and myself – uh, can certainly um, talk to these young men and let them know you, you're in the, you're in business and people who are in business, you know, they never stop making their best product because it's making them too much money. So you're in business to make money. These young men should make as much money as they possibly can. You know, winning and winning, winning and losing in championships, uh, those really only matter to the fans. Uh, when it's all said and done, uh, very few cha- few championships can you take in. And uh, put your trophy down, or you're ringed as collateral at the bank. I, I've never been to the bank where they've taken any championship that I've ever won, you know, as collateral. You know, you can't hold your <laughs> ring there. Uh, that doesn't work. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. But, but but the question is this: Back then, Michael Jordan was the highest-paid player in the history of the NBA at the time that he was playing. Okay? Yes, yes. And he topped out at what 33 million. Okay. So you got. That's what five or six guys making over thirty million now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That, there's no doubt about. It. I mean, you got you got young and again, we we talk about hundred million dollar contracts. Oh yeah. We, we, you know, you, you, you got you got ten you got you got ten guys. You got a basketball team. That's a billion dollars in salary. You know, not everybody's yeah. making hundred million on that team, but but it, it's just like the NFL. I look at the, just like the NFL when the NFL, uh, who used to be who for a while was not in the media business, uh, they were. They, their product was the team. Now they have a product that consists of media, and that's broadcasting, right. television broadcasting. And their games were already being shown on television, but they felt the need to create their own product, and now they broadcast games on the NFL network. They felt that they were getting a fraction of the revenue and a, a pretty nice chunk of it, but they felt mm-hmm. as if they had their own channel, they could keep 100% of it. 
Right. And they did so. So I'm sure that that was a part of the thought process of going in. Why just get a piece when we can get the whole pie? And yeah. and so some so so many athletes today are thinking about just getting a piece as opposed to the whole pie. And then other guys, you know, are taking the whole pie. You got some guys who take concessions on their contracts so they can leave some salary cap space for them to sign somebody else. Right. That's a yeah, not, that's the thing is too also that these guys are signing a shorter term contracts also. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, before beforehand, you know, back in the day, I mean, you would see a guy sign for eight years, ten years, things of that nature. Man, these guys are cutting it in half. Yeah, well, that's you all. Know, that's all through collective bargaining years. agreement, right? That's all through collective bargaining. Mm-hmm. See, so through collective bargaining, they've 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 got better contracts. Their money, the mm-hmm. ba- the basketball money's always been guaranteed. Their money and their money's also guaranteed. Right. So, uh, I I think again, I just I'm happy for them. There's not a jealous bone in my body. Um, I, I don't I, I'm not I don't wish I was born 20 years later. You know, 30 years later. Um, I wish we could have made more money back in our day, but I'm 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 happy for these young men. I feel like I can oh, I feel like I contributed in some capacity to to and what they're did. able to get, you know. So uh, and these young men today are contributing to the future generation. They making exactly. things they making things better for the next generation. Yep. But but I but I still don't know what Paul what they told Paul. I don't know what Kev, <laughs> but I but I want Kevin to sell whatever I got that I'm selling. I want Kevin to be my salesperson. Because he's the best salesperson I've ever seen to do that. Yeah, but it goes back to what your boy said earlier. You know, maybe Paul was just asking him, you know, how's the city out and all that other stuff. And we don't know the true reason why Durant left. No, we don't I mean, know. Everybody can speculate. No, we don't. I, we do not know. But the fact of the matter is, I find it hard that I'm going to try to sell, that I could sell somebody on something that they couldn't <laughs> sell to me. But I could sell it to somebody yeah. else. That, that's, that's, just my, yeah. that, that's just my dilemma. You know, they... They couldn't sell it to me, but I can sell it to somebody right. else. I can sell it there. Right. That that's kind of hard, you know, because. But, but I disagree with your boy. Though. I, I don't think he's ever going back to OKC. I, you know, I think I think Kevin might be one of those kind of people where he might have that kind of integrity, and he just feel like the city was good there. I'm sure he sold Kevin, like you said, all these intangibles. He sold he sold to Paul, so he might right. he might feel that way, man. You know, really, I'm I'm going. I just wanted to go be sure I get a con a, a championship. I got my championship. I might, I might come back and try to help them get another one. You know, uh, you just never know. Well, so, what else, well, I mean, yeah, what yeah. else could he have possibly told him? You know what I mean? Because just like you said, you know, uh, he has to be one heck of a salesman. You know, to get him to go somewhere where I don't want to be. Right. I mean, so what? What else could he have possibly said? Except I'm coming back. To, I'll be back there with yeah, you. Exactly. I mean, you know, even though we don't know what the conversation was, you know, and what Paul George is, you know, even enticed by or looking for. But, you know, they, they already had not the, necessarily a championship. They already had necessarily a championship this, this, uh, next year because they don't have the pieces in place. And I'm sure he know he knew that going into it. He, he definitely right. couldn't have thought or thought to himself that, yeah, if I go to OKC, we're definitely going to win the championship next year. Well, OKC is, is the first one to really show us that you could have three super superstars and not win a championship. Because you have to, yeah, true indeed. But I mean, going in the next season, I mean, it was it would have seemed like you know he would have chose a different a different you know organization, chose different avenue 
if it was about winning a championship. I'm a, I'm gonna be I'm I'm gonna be the homer that I am on this show. It is Rayella Sports. Hurry when you get yours, you can do the same thing. Okay, and I I don't know why Paul couldn't come to Cleveland, man. Hey guys, we only we only got a minute till till we close. So go ahead and get that out, hurry. I, I think you got a good one. You about to leave on this? Well, no, that, that that's what everybody was thinking he, that he was going to do. Go help LeBron win the right. championship because he's the missing piece. Right. Well, so for him to go to OKC, man, like you said, and I and I don't know, but somebody sold him on something. Yeah, they sold him on something. Yeah, I, I don't know if their water is better, got more nutrients in it than, than somebody else's water. <laughs> The, 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 maybe the you know you know always say the money goes further you know but I don't know what you can buy in OKC that's so nice that you can't get it someplace else you know exactly. so uh, but I appreciate you guys joining me on the show we're gonna have to go Hurley man I can't wait till you get your chance to do your show I'll be listening it's probably be calling in I have my man Jay call in too Jay got a lot of background there in the sports himself a former athlete um, got great relationships so uh, I'll put you guys in touch. Uh, thank you guys for calling in. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Time for the show to end. So I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.